Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside, told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, welcome to this Thursday edition of Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Coming up, another judge tosses a lawsuit challenging Georgia's 2020 presidential election results. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger joins me in just a moment. We'll talk all about it, and we'll get the latest regarding his office investigation into the alleged shredding of voter registration forms over in Fulton County. Also, the biggest election day since Georgia's new voting law went into effect. We'll get the Secretary's thoughts or concerns ahead of November 2nd. And some new information the Secretary reveals in his new book. It's it's titled Integrity Counts. Next, the city of Chambly is launching a nonprofit partnership program. We'll find out what that's all about. All those conversations coming up in a moment. But first, this the word is control. That is the key, says Dr. Anthony Fauci, to mitigate the spread of the coronavirus and, quote, approach a sense of normal. Now, during this week's press briefing, Dr. Fauci and other health officials cited cases, hospitalizations, and deaths are curving downward. However, where do we need to be to get control? We need to get that curve to go much further down than it is because we're dealing with a situation where you have a highly transmissible virus and where the dynamics of the virus are at 80 to 90,000 cases a day. That's not where you want to be. Dr. Fauci went on to say the solution is simple. Obviously, you know what the answer is. It's vaccination. We still have, as we emphasize over and over again, about 66 million people who are eligible to be vaccinated who remain unvaccinated. Now, closer to home, the CDC reveals nearly all Georgia counties have high levels of community transmission. Also, according to state data, only 94 percent of residents are fully vaccinated. This means millions of Georgians are still vulnerable to infection. In other news, more than 10,000 John Deere workers walked off their jobs after midnight. And yes, they're on strike after the United Auto Workers Union indicated a new contract, a new contract with the farm equipment company could not be reached. The strike is shutting down operations at three distribution centers, including right here in Georgia. That's in McDonough. Mitchell Smith, UAW Region and 8 Director, said in a statement, quote, John Deere workers believe they deserve a better share of the pie, a, surf, a safer workplace, and adequate benefits. Now, this strike comes as John Deere expects to set a record for annual profits. John Deere's Vice President of Labor Relations, Brad Morris, said in a statement that the company is determined to reach a new agreement, and company representatives have not disclosed how the strike would affect operations. Now, coming up in just a moment, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger joins me. But in a moment, we're going to do something. We're going to tell you about something that's really, really new, something that we've never done in the history of WABE. 
and I'm not going to tell you, but my colleague, multi-platform <laughs> senior producer, Jamie Green will. Jamie, welcome. Thank you, Rose. It's, you know, you're right. We're doing something really great right now. And it's a partnership that works like this. Your one donation right now equals one pet adoption. And it's as simple as that. This is thanks to our partnership with Lifeline Animal Project. We're talking about the adoptions of dogs and cats, but also rabbits, pigs, and the occasional goat. And if you're not familiar with the work of Lifeline, they care for nearly 40,000 animals. That's right, 40,000 animals a year in shelters, clinics, and communities. So take a moment to help power WABE and at the same time, give an animal a home by donating at WABE dot org slash donate or with a call to 678-553-9090. Hey, it's Elsa Chang from NPR. Donating to this station makes a big difference, but it doesn't have to be a big decision. It can be a spur of the moment kind of thing. Think of all the random stuff that you own, clothes worn once or gadgets you never even figured out how to use, all paid for. You already get so much out of public radio, so just go for it. Contribute right now and thank you. Yes, what she said. Thank you. She's pretty cool. I met her once. Again, it's easy. WABE.org slash donate or simply call 678-553-9090 and we'll walk you through the progress. As always, we say thank you. Now, how long have you been saying to yourself, self, that would be you, one day I'll donate to WABE. Well, now's your chance to go for it. And the best part is that you'll feel good knowing that you're helping bring public radio to everyone in greater Atlanta. Like Elsa said, it only takes a moment. Just visit wabe.org slash donate or give us a call, 678-553-9090. I'll say it again, 678-553-9090 or online. It's easy, wabe.org slash donate. You know, and also when you become a WABE sustaining member, you'll never need to ask, when was the last time I gave? Look, once you set it up, your membership is always up to date. I love that part. And you can contact us at any time if you need to make changes. We suggest $10 a month because it seems to be the most comfortable level for our new sustainers. And it really is the best way to give. It allows us to amplify the voices of Atlanta like yours. So please give at the level that seems right for you at wabe.org slash donate or call 67 Seven eight five five three ninety ninety. Again, that number is six seven eight five five three ninety ninety. My name is Adlin Kasana, and I live in Vining. My favorite show is Close to Look with Rose Scott. I I love Rose Scott's um, approach and detail to stories. She brings passionate guests on her lineup, and you know just gives a unique perspective, you know, things that you may not necessarily see in any other type of format. If I could say anything to Rose Scott, I would tell her that she's an important voice in Atlanta, and I think that she provides the kind of narrative and approaches to journalism that is refreshing and authentic. Ah, thank you, Adeline. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. And I tell you, there's a whole team behind Closer Look. We're small, but we're mighty, Jamie. Yeah, very <laughs> mighty, if I might say. Yes, we're bringing you important conversations like the one we're just about to have with Secretary Raffensperger. We bring conversations like that every day here on WABE. And not only do you find unique perspectives, but you hear an authentic approach to journalism. I really believe that. I wouldn't say it if I didn't. And that's why you listen. At least that's why I hope you listen. And that's why you rely on us. 
But it doesn't just happen. You know what? WAB relies on listeners like you to support this type of news and information. Your sustaining gift can make such a big impact on everything we do here. I really do want to stress that. Your sustaining gift makes a huge impact on everything we do here. Please make that gift today at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. Again, online, wabe.org slash donate or 678-553-9090. And thanks. I'm going to go ahead and say it again, Rose, 678-553-9090. We really do want to hear from you because you do truly make a difference. And look, thanks to everyone who's giving right now during Closer Look because of this partnership with Lifeline Animal Project, where your one donation right now equals one pet adoption. So take a moment to help us maximize the potential of today's partnership, where you can give a home to an Atlanta shelter animal who really needs one at wabe.org slash donate. And look, also, tell a pet-loving friend Rose, we got to call everyone up now. Oh, I know. (laughs) And tell them what we're doing and tell them that they can help make a change and make a difference right now. So give us a call at 678-553-9090 or go online at wabe.org. And always, thank you. Support for today's community partnership between WABE and Lifeline Animal Project is provided by a generous grant from Petco Love. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. And Closer Look continues. This is 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's choice for NPR. As always, I'm Rose Scott. As I mentioned earlier, a judge has rejected a group's attempt to inspect nearly 150,000 ballots cast in Fulton County during last year's presidential election. Now, this is all part of unfounded fraud allegations that have been at the center of former President Donald Trump's attempt to undermine Georgia's 2020 results. And the lawsuit filed by supporters of the former president, well, was dismissed one day after Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger said in a court filing the investigators had found no illegitimate ballots. Now, that's one election-related story. We know we keep having a lot of these. We're going to discuss this as well as the latest regarding Fulton County and the alleged shredding of 300 voting registration documents. I'm now joined by Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. Mr. Secretary, thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Hello, Rose. Welcome back to the program. Listen, here we are in October of 2021, and still the courts are having to weigh in on Georgia's 2020 presidential results, once again dismissing a lawsuit. Your thoughts on this latest one? Well, this was the last lawsuit. I'm sure that they'll appeal. But Judge Amaro was very uh, thorough in his dismissal. He went through all the facts and he recited, in effect, what was presented. And so I believe when it goes to appeal, it's not going to go very far at all. 
And so this will be put an end to it. And now we can move on and really focused on right now, the municipal elections for mm -hmm. mayors and council throughout the state. And then obviously 2022. You mentioned wanting to move on. Are you still having to defend the state's results with fellow with fellow Republicans or anyone? I mean, even we're what nearly a year away from all that. Are you still having to have these conversations with folks? Well, we're still having these conversations, and I, I talk to uh, people all the time. One thing that really helps them is I give them three key data points. And as a Republican, obviously, many of us were disappointed in the results. And I understand that. And a lot of Republicans, I don't know if you'll be shedding any tears for us, Rose, but uh, we're in the process of grieving. And I, and I understand that, too. But the three data points are that 28,000 people did not vote for anyone for president last year. Mm -hmm. so they did not vote for Vice President Biden. They did not vote for President Trump when they did not vote for Joe Jorgensen. And then metropolitan region of Atlanta and Athens, Senator David Perdue got 20,000 more votes than President Trump. And then in the Republican congressional areas, the Republican congressmen got 33,000 more votes than President Trump. When, they mm -hmm. start, when people start hearing those data points, it really then helps them figure out, okay, then we really did lose this race. Yes, we did. There were only less than a handful of dead people that voted in this race. There were no underage voters at all. But those three data points seem to really help people grasp what happened uh, in the state of Georgia. Why do you think that's so effective now as opposed to 20-something months ago? Is it just because then Donald Trump was still out there and he had a lot of supporters? Or do you think now people have finally realized, you know what, we need to move on, the election was not stolen, or is it a combination of all of that? I think it's just a, a bit of time, and we've been consistently and persistently getting out there our message. Uh, but, you know, at the on the best day, we have 40,000 Twitter followers. Obviously, President Trump had 80 million. So it's tough to go up against, uh, you know, a big you know wave of uh, information every day. But President Trump, uh, he got to handpick his cyber ninjas out in Arizona. They went ahead and did an audit, spent seven to nine million dollars on that audit out there. And the cyber ninjas came back and said that uh, President Biden actually got more votes after it's all said and done. And so then people still don't accept those results. But here in Georgia, we've been very consistent and you know just been trying patiently to go through the data points with people so they understand that President Trump just came up short. You call them cyber ninjas? Uh, that's with their self-proclaimed name. <laughs> Let's move to the situation in Fulton County, Mr. Secretary. Now, I know perhaps there's some information you cannot share regarding the voter registration forms, but let's talk about process here so that listeners understand. So your office has begun an investigation, right? This is not a criminal yeah. investigation, or it's just an investigation to get down to what happened it's, and it's why? Investi it's an investigation, and after where you go through the whole process, then you decide what, what level this rises to. But everyone that works in elections understands, should understand, through proper training, that you never dispose of any records until 24 months after an election. And even then, uh, it's probably best to check with your supervisor before you dispose of anything. So it appears that... Um, uh, applications for new registrants were disposed of and uh, they were shredded and so that was brought to our attention now we do a deep dive exactly what happened and then we'll look at the, where where this happened uh, is there any video surveillance uh, what kind of training did they have 
And so we'll be talking to a multitude of people about this situation and then bring that before the state election board. Does this investigation give your office any additional powers, for example, since uh, subpoena powers? Like, can you force folks to come in and give some type of testimony on the record or statement or what have you? We've always had subpoena power. Uh, we can always, um, you know, sup- file subpoenas uh, through the attorney general's office if it rises to that level. But we'll be sitting down and talking to people uh, and getting their their viewpoint exactly what happened and then really doing a deeper dive of, okay, how did it happen? Were they not trained properly? What Did they go through the training procedures? Because this is really election management 101. So it's a, it's a serious infraction. Are you participating in the investigation or do you have a... a, no, a... We, have our, we have a group of investigators and I let them do their work. Uh, we don't come in and tell them how to do their job. They're all post-certified investigators and uh, we bring them alongside of us. And then going back to the election in 2020, mm-hmm. we actually even you know called the GBI, had GBI come in and look at some situations and also the FBI. So we have additional uh, eyeballs on this one. This one, I believe that we uh, will handle it with our investigators. I believe that the Fulton County DA also uh, is probably going to be looking at this also. I think she, um, by her statements, recognizes the serious nature of it. You're talking about Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis. Now, Mr. Secretary, yes. uh, with Fonnie Willis, uh, DA Fonnie Willis, you, you all, and you're also asking the Department of Justice to investigate even on top of these two probes. Is that going too far? Is that too many can you handle this on your level or you feel like you need the DOJ to investigate? Well, the, perp- the reason we asked the Department of Justice to come into it, they've already sued us on SB202. And what we've really noticed is that they tended to uh, go after states that are uh, right now run by, you know, the Republicans hold the seats of power, the constitutional officer positions. And so this is a Fulton County is run by Democrats. It's a Democrat board, Democrat election director. And so we're saying, keep all things fair, come in and investigate, you know, on this side of the aisle and see what happened. And this, the, the, really the big issue that you have here is that they're disenfranchising, potentially disenfranchising Fulton County voters. And that's a serious consequence. But isn't that, that's the same argument they make about, folks make about the Senate Bill 202. Can you understand that? Well, they could, and I push back on that because Senate Bill 202 has some really good, you know, solid election reforms in it. Number one is we moved away from signature match on the absentee ballots. We had been sued both by the Democrat and the Republican parties on signature match. And when I ran back in 2018, I said we need to get away from that, mm-hmm. and we need to go ahead and we need to move towards an objective criteria like photo ID, driver's license. And that's what we've done. And then add in your driver, uh, your birth date, day, month, and year. And so Minnesota's been doing that same procedure for 10 years. Texas then followed Georgia's lead. And so they'll be doing this the same process. So it's a bipartisan, nonpartisan way of objectify, objectifying, uh, objectively doing the absentee ballot process. I want to go back this for a moment because so far at least one Fulton County commissioner, Khadijah Abdul-Rahman, believes the action of the two now fired Fulton County employees, she says it was this. My understanding based on the information that I am privy to, it was a mistake. It was a lapse in judgment. Secretary Raffsberger, what do you think about that? Well, that's why we do investigations. And 
while we're going on with investigations, we we'll do a lot of combating. We let the let the law enforcement officials do their work. Uh, learned that back in city council days that council members didn't get involved in policing. And so right now uh, we have our investigators doing their work. And I've said, you know, what we need to say right now, let them finish up their work. They'll present that to uh, the, both the review panel and also to the state election board. What would be the best course of action through your lens if you all discovered that maybe it was unintentional, but what course of action do you think is necessary then? Well, as I've always said, it, at the many times what these situations that come before the state election board, it gets down to training. So it's training, training, retraining, and making sure that you you know, do, do the basics. It's like no football team shows up on Sunday and expects to win. They're, they start practicing probably starting on Tuesday. They need, uh, they need Monday to recuperate, but then they're just working on their training and scrimmage, training, 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 getting ready for their game on Sunday. Well, we have our elections coming up right now. We're actually already started early voting, mm -hmm. but it's all about training and retraining. Well, I want to get to that because how closely will you be monitoring Fulton County from now through November 2nd? Uh, we'll be watching that closely. Obviously, we have a review panel right now that's part of the SB202 oversight. Finally, for the very first time, we can put in a review panel. And what people should understand, that is a bipartisan review panel that consists of a Democrat election a member, county board member from Gwinnett and then another one from uh, Northwest Georgia and Catoosa County who's a Republican. And they're looking at that with our general counsel about really a, a view of what happened in 2020. Have you considered a meeting with Fulton County election folks to try and work through your concerns? Because, look, let's be really clear. You say some of their actions are political. They contend the same. When you both say the focus is on overseeing, that the focus should be on overseeing a fair and equitable voting process. And we're going to get to your book in, the, in a moment because the title of your book is called Integrity Counts. So is there a way for you all to work together instead of going kind of back and forth through the media, including programs like mine? Since you well, all want the same outcome, which is a fair, well, go ahead. Yeah, well, we've done that uh, after the June 2020 uh, issues that Fulton County had. Chris Harvey, who was our state election director at the time, you know, called, you know, Mr. Barron and said, what can we do to help? What, what, what kind of support do you need? So we've always been, you know, one to make sure if they need any kind of support, what can we do to help? Uh, we do have a new election director, uh, Blake, and Blake will be, you know, and has reached out to all of our counties. Uh, we've also had the, the Gavrio, which is all the, the county election directors meeting down, you know, in uh, Jekyll Island. I was down there also. But we want to make sure that we have an open door process and if people need help, but we want to make sure people have, you know, really the training, the tools. And that's very important. And I, I really believe that's what one of the, the county election board is looking at right now to make sure that you have management training up and down the line. It's a big county. Mm -hmm. You have a million registered voters. And that's an awful lot to say, you know, have on your plate, a lot to say grace on. I think that's the first time, well, one of the first times I've heard you say that. So look, this is not about politics for you. You want to work no. with Fulton County. Oh, absolutely. We want the process to be improved. We have 159 counties. And going back to the June primary, we had 139 counties that started at 7 a.m., finished at 7 p.m. Of the 20 that were left, about 15 of those counties just had minor issues. And I would still say that was success. And we had five counties that struggled. Rolling it into November, we had three counties that struggled. And one of those was Fulton County. Floyd County had some issues, and so did Fayette County. Mm -hmm. And was interesting, back in the June primary, 
Floyd and Fayette didn't really have those issues. There were a couple other counties. But we want every county to really have a successful election process because really that relates back to your customer, which is the voter that shows up. We want them to show up, have those lines shorter than one hour. And that's another good point about SB 202. Lines have to be less than one hour. And the counties did a great job back in November of 2020. So you so you 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 said that you came on our NPR live show that came here out of Atlanta. You yep. gave praise to Fulton County. Let's talk about this book coming out on November 2nd. Did you want it to come out on November 2nd or just happen to come out on November 2nd? <laughs> we thought it was a, a good day to pick because the book really deals uh, about elections. The, the, that, the, and what we've been facing since I've, been, I've taken office is really, you know, these two issues of voter suppression and then voter fraud. And what we're saying is that neither are supported by the facts. And the facts are it's never been easier to register. With SB 202, we've, we've made mandated that all 159 counties have to have 17 days of early voting. But did now, you need we, SB 202, honestly, Secretary Raffensperger? Do you yeah, really think needed, it was needed? Uh, some of the key aspects were obviously were improvements. One, as I just mentioned, about moving away from signature match. Signature match is subjective and moving to driver's license number is much more objective. So that's a good thing. Making sure that we had a, a cutoff for your applications of the absentee ballot. Prior to 202, you could request an absentee ballot the Friday before election. Obviously, the county would never be able to process that. So we set that back so that you can get your application in, the counties could get you, you know, back what you need. But why reduce the total number? And I get it, now every county has drop boxes, but you just yourself said Fulton County, is huge you're still reducing the number of drop box for for those for those ballots and you know for some folks now you know you get off late work you know you, you have to go inside where some of these these ballots these boxes are i mean do you think that that that's fair you don't think that that well, that somehow suppresses someone's opportunity their their constitutional right to, to go and vote if you reduce the number of the ballot of the, of the drop boxes i mean you know that Rose, Rose, put that into context. Last year we had COVID, and so the state election. Board and we did still that got COVID, Mr. Secretary. You know that. Come on now, it didn't go <laughs> it was, away it after was the. It was, it, was a, it was an emergency. It was an emergency SCB rule that allowed that, but it was not allowed in state law. So as soon as we finished the Senate elections, that all the drop boxes went away. What the the General Assembly decided is let's go ahead and have drop boxes based on population, one for every 100,000 voters. And so that's what they did. And that said, they said, let's make, make sure that every county has it. Last year, only 135 counties had drop boxes. Now all 159 have to have drop boxes. But you're also reducing that number, but you're reducing the number in a, count, in a well, county as big as Fulton. And some of the county election directors have made that known, mm-hmm. and they'll be talking to their legislature. But the General Assembly said, for the first time that putting this into state law, We'd like to try this and see how it works. Uh, some of the county election directors have been uh, fairly um, active in reaching out to their uh, state members. And I'm sure that at some point, the General Assembly may review that, but this will be our first election. Let's see how it works for the fall election. And then if it needs to be modified, I'm sure the General Assembly will go ahead and take a look at it. Why'd you write this book, Integrity Counts? Set the record straight mm-hmm. at the end of the day, We looked at every single allegation that was made, and we checked everyone out. At the end of the day, President Trump did not carry the state of Georgia. Let me ask you this. 
you say you're going to reveal some details, and I know we don't have much time, you're going to reveal details of that hour-long phone call between you and Donald Trump. You want to give listeners a little bit of a tease, any insight? What else will we know about that conversation that you can share right now? Well, the conversation itself is out there, but we share all the details, the background information, mm-hmm. every allegation that was made. I also put in there, I have a 10-page letter I wrote to Congress. The challenge is that when I sent that letter to Congress, it was on January 6th, and they seemed to get busy with some other issues during that day. I don't guess some of them read it, but it went through point-by-point point rebuttal of, yeah, I know that was my dry humor, but... Uh, <laughs> but but uh, I just go through point by point uh, uh, rebuttal of that. And my key point is I stood to make sure that we had honest and fair elections. I stood for the rule of law. I stood for election integrity. You have Democrat and Republican challenges for your seat, given this book, uh, Tension with Fulton County, supporting Georgia's latest voting law. You're still facing those constitutional challenges. Uh, you're going to seek reelection, right? You're not going to you need yeah. to make any announcement right now or anything? I've already made my announcement that I'm running for re-election. I, I don't know if anything had changed. I'm just, but uh, what, what do you want to say then with all of this? You know that my mission for my second term of office would be twofold. Number one is to help restore election confidence. When people talk about uh, voter suppression and it's not based on fact, that hurts voter confidence. When we talk about voter fraud and then people say, why should I vote? Why should I come out? That we showed that the machines are accurate. They do not flip votes. And what we need to restore voter confidence. So moving away from signature match to moving to photo ID, that's a good thing. But then also our office does other things. So licensing reform to streamline that. We've reduced the amount of paperwork by 29% in the licensing area. I want to work on streamlining that to work with the General Assembly. Also want to make sure that only American citizens vote with a constitutional amendment. Because right now you're seeing in states like Vermont, they're having non-citizens vote in local. But that hasn't happened here in Georgia, though. No, but it's not precluded by the Constitution of Georgia. And it nearly needs to be a constitutional amendment. You're seeing in San Francisco, they now have illegal citizens, illegal uh, immigrants can now vote in local uh, city board, school board elections. Is that accurate? Yep, that's accurate. And it's also, uh, if you look at Vermont, they overrode a governor's veto, and now there's several cities in the state of Vermont are going to have municipal elections where non-citizens can vote. I'm going to bring you back to talk about that. Hopefully you'll join us on election night. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, as always, we appreciate you taking the time. Come back and join us. Thank you, Rose. Take care. And conversations like the one I just had with Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. Is that what we, grass, let me get this right. Brad Raffensperger, that's what we do on this program. Jamie, that's what happens when you talk too much. I guess I was talking too much. No, I think you're doing good. <laughs> you know what? These are conversations we realize that are important, not just to, to me and to you, but to everyone out there. This is Closer Look, in case you didn't know, I'm Rose Scott. And we're doing something really, really great now. As I understand it, we've never done it in the history of WABE because we're going to help some our little furry friends. I'm joined now by our multi-platform senior producer, Jamie Green. Jamie, you know, a lot of folks may not know this, but sadly I had to say goodbye to my two little fur fur kids this year, and I missed them terribly. I did know that. And you know what? I'm inspired, actually, to adopt. So who knows? I might be inspired by today's partnership and get a new furry friend for my home. 
<laughs> what would you get? A cat, dog? I, I'm a dog. I love all animals, but I, I want a dog. I want a dog. I just learned, discovered a Aussie Bernie Doodle. Am I saying it correctly? Okay, so that's something I've never heard before. That is a beautiful little dog. I is tell it? You, I want one. Now I, I don't know if I can afford it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 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 cost. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. we're talking about animals here, right? We now. are. We are. And we're talking about a great partnership because, like Rose said, this is something one of a kind. We've never done this before, Rose, like you said. And it's because your one donation equals one pet adoption. It's as simple as that. This is thanks to our partnership with the Lifeline Animal Project. We're talking about the adoptions of dogs, which I want to get into my home, and cats, but also rabbits and pigs and the occasional goat. And look, if you're not familiar with the work of Lifeline, they care for nearly 40,000 animals a year in shelters, clinics, and communities. So take a moment to help power WABE and at the same time, give an animal a home by donating at wabe.org slash donate or with a call to 678-553-9090. My name is Nancy Slater, and I live in Stonecrest, Georgia. So I'm a monthly donor that decided to increase my monthly donation, not by a lot, but it was what I could afford if I am going to be able to hear the programs that are national and international and local that I love, I must be willing to contribute for the expense of those programs. And that's why I remain a monthly donor, but also increased my donation. And we appreciate you, Nancy. Thank you so much for increasing your monthly donation. If you're a monthly donor and you've been giving at that level for a while, please take a moment and think about, you know what, maybe I should join Nancy and increase your gift. It's so important. In fact, we get the vast majority of our funding from listeners just like you, just like Nancy. 678-553-9090. That is your number, 678-553-9090. We can walk you through the whole process or online at wabe.org slash donate. That's right. It's listeners like you that make a difference. Nearly every year, WABE has to pay increased costs for shows like All Things Considered and Morning Edition and Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And giving just a dollar or two more a week, well, it will really help. Just tell the operator you'd like to increase your monthly gift like Nancy when you call at 678-553-9090. And of course, thanks. You know, Jamie, I was thinking about my two little fair kids, and I, I had a Maine Coon named Ridley, and I had a Siamese named Little Mama, and Little Mama was 21. Little Mama was 21? She was 21. She looked great. Of course. <laughs> Look who she was hanging out with. And Ridley was 15, and, and Little Mama, we said goodbye in, in January, and Ridley in June, because I think, I really think he was grieving. So, you know, mm. today is a great day. It's, I love, it's the first time we've done this. I love the fact that your one donation equals one pet adoption. That is great. Now, I don't know about a goat. I have a friend who's listening uh, named Kim. She, she and her wife have a goat. Um, I like goats. I don't know if I want one in my house, but. I might do the little pig style. I can't, I can't roll with a pig either. <laughs> I had someone try to give me a ferret. Oh, yeah. I was like, what are, what are with a ferret you can't like cuddle. they're busy bodies you can't cuddle with a ferret or can you i think you can i would like for somebody to tell me if they cuddle with their ferret just let me know um anyway please take a moment to give at wabe.org slash donate or you know give us a call at 678-553-9090 again your one donation today equals one pet adoption as always we say thank you and we appreciate it 
You know, we're able to offer this because of our partnership with Lifeline Animal Project. They nearly place, well, they near, they place nearly, look, Rose, I'm talking too much too. They place <laughs> nearly 9,000 animals into homes each year. And each adoption, well, includes vaccinations, microchips, spray, neuter, and the adoption fee. And look, these services are valued at $250. So when you give to WABU right now, you'll also be giving a shelter animal a new home. So we want to hear from you. So please donate at wabe.org slash donate or with a call to 678-553-9090. And you know, Jamie, we're getting a really nice response response from Metro Atlanta because of our partnership with Lifeline Animal Project because again your one donation will equal one pet adoption if you don't know what this group's all about well let me tell you real quickly Lifeline cares for nearly 40,000 animals a year in their shelters their clinics and communities so please take a moment to give right now at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. Support for today's community partnership between WABE and Lifeline Animal Project is provided by a generous grant from Petco Love. And Closer Look continues now. This is 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's choice for NPR. I'm Rose Scott. The city of Chambly is reaching out to connect with locally based nonprofits. It's called the Chambly Nonprofit Partnership Program. And we're going to learn what this is all about because joining me now is Brittany Lindsay. She's the community engagement manager for the city of Chambly, making her debut on Closer Look. Welcome. Thank you, Rose. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Do you have a goat? I don't have a goat. No. Okay, just checking. I don't know what to do with one in my home either. <laughs> just checking. Well, Brittany, let's talk about this because in like most cities, uh, there there's always what we call a public and private partnerships. There's always partnerships with nonprofits to help with whether it's something like homelessness or after school programs or, you know, uh, food banks and things like that. Uh, when you assess Shambly, you all have a lot of nonprofits that are offering a lot of those resources, those quality of life resources, services for folks? Yes, we actually have over 40 nonprofits in the city limits, and that does not include any of the nonprofits that we have in the surrounding areas that do a lot of great work for our community. So for our residents and our businesses, and we still look to continue to support them, even though they may not be located in the city. What, how did this come about with the Shamley Nonprofit Partnership Program? Yes. So one of our council members, council member Brian Mock, uh, brought to one of our meetings, he wanted to find a way for us to support our nonprofits as well as our local businesses. And the original concept was to offer a grant program for any nonprofit that was serving our residents or any of our businesses. So this grant program would be able to cover any of their events as well as their programs, while at the same time benefiting our local businesses. Did you all have a template or was there any other model that you all looked at that were in other cities or even around the nation that had a program like this? Absolutely. I would love to say we did it on our own, but absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) The city of Roswell actually has a similar program. Um, While we do have different benefits of our program than they do, that's really where we started our framework for our program. Well, let's take our listeners through this. How does all this work? Yes, absolutely. 
So we really realized how much work our nonprofits have been doing, especially in the midst of everything with COVID. Um, they have seen the same struggles that we have as a city when it comes to budget cuts and discontinuation of their programs and reduction of their staff and increase in demand. So a lot of those same COVID impacts that they've been feeling, um, we have been feeling as well. And the only difference that I would say for sure is that our nonprofits have really picked up pace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they went off and zoomed. So they've still had a lot of um, back to school giveaways. They've had grocery drives, testing and vaccination sites and all, all through drive-through services. And with that, we wanted to find a way to continue to support them and help them grow. So our nonprofits are able to apply to be a part of the partnership program. Mm -hmm. And being a part of the program means that they'll be able to sit in on our roundtable meetings that we like to talk, let's talk about dot, 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 because we like to leave that conversation open. This is an opportunity for idea sharing, for just networking and collaboration. I do speak to a lot of our nonprofits on a regular basis, and a lot of them don't realize that there's other nonprofits that can help them move their initiatives, initiatives forward. So that's one of our main goals with our roundtable series. They also have an opportunity to participate in our Lunch and Learn series, where we'll have a range of topics just tailored to the needs of those nonprofits. So it would be on planning and fundraising, marketing, communications, human resources, and so much more. And how we have it is that our nonprofits identify what those needs are. So you're saying also some of these nonprofits could work together. Now, listen, they all, at the end of the day, we and we're a nonprofit, so listen what we're doing today, right? We know that funding is so important. So aside from getting them maybe to partner with, with each other, but there is some funding involved. My first question, Brittany, where is this money coming from? Is this part of maybe some of the federal funding you all have, or did you have a, a, a bucket available for this? So every year our council has a line, line item in the budget for council projects. So this is really funded from our general fund that we have each year and from those council projects. So um, we do take a portion of the funds. We have a total of $150,000 for the year. And about 20 of that goes to bringing in speakers for the lunch and learn, paying for lunch, and also offering a grant writing foundational system. So nonprofits that need some more support in writing grants and all that can apply for some one-on-one -on -one, um, help with applying for those grants. Um, we also have some volunteer recruitment help on signup.com, but our major area in the program is definitely our sponsorship program. Mm -hmm. And that's where our nonprofits can apply for a sponsorship between five and $10,000. And um, as long as the event or program happens in the city of Chambly or benefits a major number of residents in the city, then they can apply for those funds, receive those funds, but the funds have to be spent at a local business in Chambly. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if they were looking to have t-shirts for the, uh, their event, it would have to come from a Rebro Graphics shop here in the city. And going back to the partnerships that you've been mentioning, how do you ensure that there is equity in this whole process and that you're also you all if, when you give your funding that you know you're it's diverse and it, it's meeting the, you know different needs and that the nonprofits that you know it's there's some diversity there absolutely so with our community we are a very diverse community which also means a lot of our nonprofits are very diverse um, we really do cater to um, different languages for our nonprofits and different communities 
And all of our requirements for the program, as well as the sponsorship, is really application-based. So nonprofits will fill out an application, and as long as they're serving the city in some type of capacity, there's a 98% chance they'll get in. They may not have certain um, IRS information or certain financial information, but we're willing to take the time to sit down with those nonprofits that don't and kind of guide them into how to get the information and continue to move them forward. And that can be a barrier, particularly for some smaller organizations that when they try mm-hmm. to you know, secure funding, look, we know that there there is paperwork and we know that there's a lot of criteria. But sometimes mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if you're just if you're helping people, you know, that's that sometimes I've heard little nonprofits say, you know, listen, can we deal with this later because we're we're helping people and during the pandemic food food banks and, and there was organizations uh-huh. that were just really literally going door to door asking people if they needed food I mean those are folks who are on the ground uh, doing this work what's the response been like Brittany so we've had had a lot of amazing feedback from our nonprofits we had our initial roundtable conversation where we were introducing the program and um, got a lot of great feedback from them. And I also reiterated to them that this is a very new program, Um, not only for us, but even for other cities looking to do something similar. This is something that is nearly unheard of. So we really look to cater this program to our nonprofits. So there are some things that we are still ironing out, but we're doing that within the support of our participating nonprofits. Um, but like I said, the response has been amazing and we have a lot of excitement generated towards this program. And this is a program that is here to stay. Could it, I mean, you know, I know it, do administrations come in and out? Is there any ch- chance that this might be scaled down or could possibly go away or it's here to stay? Um, I would love to say that it's here to stay, <laughs> like you said, as new administration comes in. But as of now, it is definitely here to stay as long as we continue to get positive feedback and the participation from our nonprofits, then it'll definitely be here to stay. The program is called the Shambly Nonprofit Partnership Program. And if people want to get more information, if you live in the city of Shambly, what should they do, Brittany? If they live in the city of Chambly, they can head over to the city of Chambly website, chamblyga.com or .gov. And if you go over to our departments and scroll under community engagement, you'll see the nonprofit partnership program. And that's where we've listed out the details of the program, as well as how to participate in the program and apply. My contact information is listed. And even like for our non smaller nonprofits that, like you said, are on the ground working, don't really have too much time for that paperwork. I am more than available to help navigate them through the process and do everything I can to make it easy for them. Brittany, I have a question from a, a listener who wants to know, and I think you might have mentioned that, that, that they they primarily serve the Hispanic population. You all have folks that can work with them in that, that area as well? Yes, absolutely. So the city of Chambly, we really have some great partners with our nonprofits. We actually have um, We Love You for Highway, as well as CPACs, which is the Centers for Pan-Asian and Community Services. And a lot of them do um, help us with some translation services. So if there's anything that I can't translate, which happens to be a lot, unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) um, we built those relationships that we can reach out to them and say, hey, we have a nonprofit partner that's looking to participate. Can you help us translate not only our application materials but any materials that we have for any of our programs and Brittany, i have more emails i'm going to tell them to contact you 
<laughs> Absolutely. Please send them my email. Brittany Lindsay is the community engagement manager for the city of Shambly and the, the organization that they're working with. They're working with a lot of organizations for the Shambly nonprofit partnership program. Sounds good to me. Brittany, thank you so much for taking time. I really appreciate it. Let us come back and let thank us know how you. all this is, is going. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Rose. And go adopt a goat. I'm just kidding. I'll think about it. <laughs> Jamie, this is what you call cruising down a highway music. Oh, no, I feel the vibe. I'm, feel I'm, vibe? Here, I'm here for it. You hear that bass? It's almost Friday, too? Yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> this is Closer Look, and I am Rose Scott. Listen, we're, we know that WABE is a public service broadcaster from Metro Atlanta, right? We know that. And guess what? We're going to lean into that mission right now. And I'm joined by our very own Jamie Green. Jamie, you do a lot here. I work with you a lot on, on so many programs. You are a senior producer, multi-platform. That means you do it all, right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit of everything. Internet. As <laughs> the digital said, world. <laughs> my uncle said internet. The internet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the digital platform. Yes, 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 yes. A little uh, bit of everything. Tell folks what's happening today, Jamie. Look, we're doing something. Well, look, Rose, the first time ever we're doing something like this. This is how this partnership works today. Your one donation right now equals one pet adoption. And it's as simple as that. This is thanks to our partnership right now with Lifeline Animal Project. It's the largest animal welfare, welfare organization in Georgia. So we want you to take a moment to help power WABE and at the same time, give an animal a real home with your gift at wabe.org slash donate. And look, get this. Every adoption includes vaccinations, microchips, spray, neuter, and the adoption fee. And I don't know about you, but if I was adopting a pet right now, which I hope to do, Rose, this would be great to have those costs already included. So make your donation right now at wabe.org or call 678-553-9090. And of course, thank you. This is Gabe. Hi. Earlier this year, Gabe was browsing a popular social media site when a joke somebody posted about donating to public radio caught his eye. Later down in the comments, I saw that he said that he would donate, but he can't really afford to. So Gabe committed an act of public radio kindness. And I was like, I will donate for you how much in which station. I guess that was my way of just paying for his experience of NPR. Hey y'all, Sam Sanders here from NPR. Acts of public radio kindness happen every day. When you donate to this public radio station, your support goes straight to the stories we tell and the people who tell them. You are committing an act of public radio kindness for everyone who listens, whether your neighbors or complete strangers. So give right now to keep news, information, and kindness flowing. I want to be kind. Sam is my guy. Sam Sanders is cool. Now, he does wear socks with sandals, and I look... <laughs> I'm not a fashion queen. We all know that. Look, if you want to wear socks with your sandals, go right ahead. I'm not. Who am I to judge? It doesn't look good on me, Jamie. But <laughs> Sam's my dude. At do what Sam says. Call 678-553-9090. Again, 678-553-9090. Or online at wabe.org.
org. This can be an act for yourself. Or Sam Sanders was saying, for someone who simply can't afford to give right now, that is a wonderful gesture. Also, if you're giving for someone else or in memory of someone, let us know about it. When you make your donation, tell us at wabe.org slash donate because we'd love to hear from you. That's right, Rose. I really do like that, that act of kindness. That's another way of looking at it. But we really do want to hear from you. And when you do, consider becoming a sustaining member at just $10 a month. It really is the best way to give. And here's why. The $10 may seem very small, but it allows us to make future plans more accurately, knowing we've got a commitment from a listener like you listening right now. We suggest $10 a month because that's about the amount that seems to work best for most of our listeners. But look, you know what works for you financially. And we only ask you to give as generously as you can at wabe.org slash donate. It will help us not just pay for programs like Closer Look and All Things Considered and Morning Edition. It will help WABE amplify the voices of Atlanta like yours. And with nearly 84% of the funding coming from the Metro Atlanta community, well, your help is so important to us. Go to wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And really, thank you. And before we say goodbye on this edition of Closer Look, I just want to say it again, folks, wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And again, today is such a great day to do this. You know why? Because your one donation equals one pet adoption. That's right, because we're partnering with Lifeline Animal Project, the largest animal welfare organization in Georgia. Again, one donation, Jamie, helps one pet adoption. How cool is that? It makes a difference. That's it for this edition of Closer Look. Make sure you always check us out at 7 p.m. if you missed this broadcast or online at wabe.org slash closer look. And of course, in our podcast, you can subscribe wherever you like because it is free. Stay tuned to 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's Choice for NPR. I'm Rose Scott. Once again, 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org slash donate. Enjoy the music. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. The Gold Dome Scramble podcast is now plugged in, a WABE politics podcast. New name, same on-the-ground reporting from us, WABE politics reporters Sam Greenglass and Raul Bally. We'll cover local, state, and national politics as we talk to politicians and voters to break down each week's biggest headlines. New episodes drop on Fridays. Listen and subscribe at WABE.org or your favorite podcast platform. WABE.